0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of 3 Nerds on a Sunday. It's me again, Sunny. Uh Well, you know, how it goes. We're going to do some news for you. Uh, mainly, uh, a couple of news articles, and then we'll talk about my nerd outs, which will probably be the majority of the episode. And then um, we'll talk about Mandalorian, Season 3, Episode 1, Apostate. Um, I'll try not to do spoilers, but I don't think there's anything really worth noting or spoiling in there. It's just more of setting up the, the whole season and everything, so we'll go ahead and I'll just kind of leave it at that. So I'll say spoiler-free, but you know, just hesitantly listen. And if you catch anything that you know sounds a little, little uh, spoilery, you just go ahead and stop there. And then you can come back later and listen to it. So let's go ahead and just start this off right here. Coming from TheVerge.com, Google is one step closer to building its first 1,000-language AI model. Uh, Google has all kinds of AI tech in development, including its universal speech model, That's a part of its attempt to build a model that can understand the words, uh, the words 1,000 most spoken languages. Um, There's been, there's plenty of other apps and uh, other AI programs that are running stuff like, uh, like a hundred pro like a hundred spoken languages and all that kind of stuff. And, and, but uh, be able to have a device or some kind of app or something you can have to be able to let you translate, be able to speak uh, in in a thousand languages I think it's very, very cool, you know. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's never a it won't substitute you actually f- learning someone else's culture or language and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, like, what's the most language someone knows uh, fluently? I ten maybe. I don't know. I don't know how many people can actually retain all that information uh, more than more than ten, if anything, like that. So it's always good if you want to travel to different countries, you'll you, um, you'll be able to one day hopefully soon uh, be able to translate a thousand languages cuz uh, there's these apps you see on Instagram and Facebook you know you hold up to you speak into it and then it regurgitates what what you said in in the native language that you're, you that you're speaking but of course there's always gonna be bumps in the road there's there's instances where the uh the app or the AI that's that's using this um, technology doesn't quite translate things well and it comes off as kind of like uh, jumble jargon or just doesn't make any sense and just kind of mixes up words. Obviously, there's a lot of little growing pains that are going to happen with these type of programs, but it is moving uh, closer and closer to a uh, a united world in a good way and be able to speak to people and, and travel the world with more confidence and, and all that. So that's pretty cool. To me, I thought that was pretty cool to bring up. Uh, next thing I want to talk about here is a indie game that came out last week or mm, was it? yeah yeah about about a week ago uh, coming from gamedeveloper.com Sons of the Forest sells 2 million early access copies in 24 hours uh, i don't i have seen clips of this game i'm not quite 100% sure what the story behind it is but it it's pretty it seems like it's pretty cool it's a survival horror game uh, i guess you live in the forests, and you're hunted by these creatures and you have to survive and build camps and forts and all that kind of stuff I'm assuming we look here continuing down to the article here the original game came the original game came to early access in 2014 and sold 15 million copies by the end of 2018 across releases on PC and eventually PlayStation 4 when Sons of the Forest had its uh, early release on February 23rd it opened to 200 and 50,000 concurrent player stream, uh, players on stream. According to SteamDB, the title currently has over 234,000 con- uh, concurrent players at one time writing, and has previously had a 24-hour peak of over 365,000 players. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, when the original game came out, again, we, we, within the span of four years, was able to sell five five million copies. Uh, the fact that the, the sequel, Sons of the Forest, came out and says, hey, let's let's try to top that. In fact, they came out with 2 million. I mean, essentially in the first week that's come out, sell 2 million copies is damn near impressive. And to have over 200,000 players consistently playing on some kind of streaming service is also pretty cool. Uh, I, I, I'm i not a big fan of the whole Twitch being like a barometer of success of a game because obviously trends come and go. Games are always coming out, stuff like that. But But it's all about, streaming content, and if you see some of the clips on Instagram and Facebook, it, this game is pretty memeable and uh, clippable, so yeah, I, I can see, again, I, I don't have a PC like that, that be able to function in any, any game other than Pinball Wizard, or uh, Tetris, or Minefield, and, uh, something like that, so I, I would definitely love to uh, try this game one day, hopefully, uh, in the near future, but I mean, I I think that's pretty significant because it's not a AAA game. It's a it's an indie developed game, and if there's anything you know that I I would like to try to support indie stuff as much as possible, when possible. So if if you're a fan of the first one, uh, give this give this one a go. Uh, it sounds like it's really damn good. Uh, so some of the clips, uh, you know, again, this is early access, so there's some bugs that need to be worked out, but it still, looks pretty damn good. Check it out if survival horror is your thing. If you have a PC, and it'll probably come to other platforms uh, soon, like like PlayStation Four and Five. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, last two things. Um, I think it was a slow news uh, week overall, my opinion. But we'll talk about two trailers that came out. Uh, first one is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: uh, Mutant Mayhem. The cast, the 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 final official cast. Um, Or I guess the the rest of the cast was kind of dropped. Uh, Let's see here if I can get that list here for you. Because I know it was... Like John Cena is in there. We have Jackie Chan. We have a number of other people just playing various roles. Uh, Jackie Chan is uh, Master Splinter. Uh, I think John Cena is like Rocksteady or something like that. Seth Rogen is Bebop. Somewhere along those lines. But anyways... Um, mainly, uh, I won't go through all the casting, I, I don't think it's that important because, um, I, I watched the trailer, it, it looked fine, the animation looked okay. I thought the character design looked a little weird in some of its character models, especially for s- some of the bad guys. Um, it this is, um, I'm assuming this is some kind of quasi prequel or a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Or, um, you know, like a earlier days before they were Teenage Mutant Turtles, they were pre-Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles type of thing, and the humor is there. Uh, you know, definitely leaning the way towards more like pre-teens and maybe fresh teenagers, and maybe even young young children. Um, some of the humor was fine. Uh, I, I I did like the one scene in the trailer where Don, Donnie gets stabbed in the leg. That that was kind of a pretty good chuckable moment. But yeah, I mean, overall, the, the the animation looked nice for for the most part. It, it, again, I think it was trying to be a little more askew with some of its lining and, and design, and some of the the goons and bad guys. It, it's definitely more of a uh I don't say pop art, I guess, style of character design with, with maybe a uh, mix of cell cel shading in there. So it looked fine. Um, if you got kids and you're looking to get them into Ninja Turtles, and if what's already isn't out in them, this might be able to make them fans of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I just I just have to say, the fact that the Turtles have been out since the 80s, and they've never gone away, there's never been a time where they haven't had some kind of show, or some kind of comic, or video game, or toy line, or something, they just constantly been on the air all the time, movies, and TV specials and it it's insane how much staying power the turtles have had since the 80s um, it's uh, I I have to assume the marketing is incredible with this it's um uh, it's amazing so any other people looking to make a successful tran- franchise go ahead and copy Ninja Turtles I guess but yeah uh looks pretty fine it looks like a fun enough movie if it comes out like a Netflix or something or uh, one of the streaming services I have I'll probably check it out but I won't go to the theaters and, and watch it it's Just and also I don't want to be like the only th- 30, 32 year old guy in a, in a theater of like 8 eight and 10 year olds <laughs> that's probably not a good look uh, last thing I want to talk about is another trailer that came out for a TV show coming on CBS True Lies starring Steve Howey Ginger Gonzaga uh, Erica Hernandez, and Omar Benson Miller. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yes, and if you know me and you know anything about action movies, True Lies, It yes, it is based off of one of the greatest action movies ever made. True Lies starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. And... Oh, no. Lori <laughs> uh, from, from Halloween. Why am I forgetting it? What is wrong with me well, not, well now i have to know her name i'm so bad at this Jamie lee curtis how do i forget Jamie lee curtis and uh tom arnold and elijah duke elijah douchecu and bill paxton and a number a number of other people um the tv show with uh made for TV, cbs looks like a cbs action action drama show uh all the just from what I can see, all the greatness of the the movie and all the fun, over the top cliches and puns, and just I, I, honestly, really good action set up set pieces, like Ar- Arnold on, on a horse, uh, you know, uh, riding downtown, uh, chasing a, a terrorist, uh, you know, to a bathroom, and to, you know, it, it's it's crazy. It's it, it's really cool. Like True Lies is, I think, is one of the best action movies out there uh, of, of all time. And definitely is definitely in the top. Definitely top top ten, absolutely top five. I think for most people, um, if you are a big action fan, definitely watch the movie. But the tra- the trailer for the show just looked very generic, very like a super watered down version of True Romance and a super watered down version of Mister um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith with uh, with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie back in the day. It, it just it feels very meh. Kind of again, it feels very daytime television like if you love ncis and um what's the uh what's the other one uh csi Those type of shows this might be more of your alley or even bird notice which i like bird notice don't, don't get me wrong I, I do enjoy bird notice but if that's more of your idea of a of an action show uh this might be for you if you lack uh if you you know each your chicken without spices, you know, it's pretty bland. It looks looks very average as, as a TV show. So, uh, you know, good for good for you, I guess. Uh, good luck. Hopefully, the show does well enough for the people on on the cast to get get paid for for Lisa uh, like three four seasons worth of money. And uh, good luck, I guess. But I'm not gonna watch it unless unless I hear a lot of people going like, "Wow, this is the greatest sleeper show I've ever seen in my life!" Oh my God, then I'll watch it. Otherwise. That's a big skip for me. So that's it for the news. Oh, um, technically, there's one thing I can bring up, but as of right now, I'm gonna hit Twitter because I I checked before I started recording. But you never know; breaking news is breaking news. But as of right now, uh, there are articles flying all over the place about John Berthold coming back as Punisher, and there are there are articles that are stating. That that uh, Marvel was uh, people reached out to Marvel with no answer, but they're running with the story that it is in fact a true statement that John Berthols is coming back as Punisher in the MCU universe uh, in the Daredevil um, Born Again uh, TV show. I am on Twitter for Marvel Entertainment. They have not retweeted or submitted anything officially stating that that has happened. So as of right now. It is a rumor. Uh, everyone is gonna try act like it is until it's officially confirmed by Disney or Marvel. Well, they're both the same. Doesn't matter. Stating that yes, in fact, Burntall is back. I'm gonna leave this as a rumor instead of an actual fact. But everyone writing it like it's an actual fact. So as of right now, at 8:01 at night. Is not official. Disney Marvel has not put out any official statement or or, or comment or, or tweet on it. So uh, take that for what it is until we get until we get an official. Okay, that's where we're at. So guess that's the end of the news. Moving on to my nerd outs. Kind of keep you updated on what's going on with a uh, miniseries podcast that I'm listening to right now. Uh, Bass Reeves. Uh, no master, just duty. Episode two, we pick up basically stating that yeah, as there's not much documentation on the early life of Bass Reeves, uh, you know some conflicting stories or or a couple narratives that that have been kind of narrowed down by two or three stories of how he gained his freedom, how he became you know who he, who he was in, in in his early life, and a lot of his speculation and guessing. But we're in this chapter here, chapter two, where we can there's a lot more stuff verified on that on Bass Reeves being that now that he is hired to be a US marshal in the Indian territories there's a lot more paperwork stating that yes in fact Bass Reeves is real and he did all these things and all this kind of stuff and the majority of the chunk of the episode is is talking about like specific cases of just how badass Bass Reeves was um how you know he was illiterate he couldn't read so for his bounties he would have someone kind of like read out to him what the bounty was and he would look at at, at the poster and just kind of eyeball words and things and like symbols and stuff like that to kind of um distinguish them from from, from each other and he would memorize like a stack of like 30 warrants at a time going okay and then when he had to serve the warrants he had to give out the piece of paper to the person um stating that yes we are in fact here for you he memorized them and and as far as they can tell on paper he was never wrong and never went after the wrong person or uh, gave the the wrong paper to the wrong person he he was always spot on he he memorized everything it was really cool uh, a couple of uh, other important stuff that again that speak about certain cases that came up how uh, he he would he would actually go undercover uh, and like kind of to, to get away in um uh, to to get closer to people. There was these these two brothers that he, he was going after, so he, he decided to dress up like a, like an elderly man. Um, you know, he, he started he, he walked for like miles and without shoes on, uh, raggedy clothes, uh, blue bullet holes through his own hat, and came up with a story that hey, I'm I'm being chased by U.S. Marshals, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And he actually went to the front door of, of the two brothers' mother's house where when the mother was home and took pity on him, brought him in, said hey you know, this man, you know, poor man needs, needs a place to sleep. Let, let, let's give him some food and a place uh, and a cot to lay down. So he befriended the two brothers and him, hey man, you know, like I said, uh, um, I, I got U.S. Marshals after me too. Let, let's stick together and if anything happens, we can watch each other's backs. Would go, they, would go, they would go to sleep. Uh, he, he managed to even be in the same room with them as they were sleeping, saying it would be easier to protect each other if we were all in the same room. And when the brothers woke up the next morning, there was Bass Reeves just sitting on a chair with with a pistol, with uh, with two pistols, one in each hand, pointing at The brothers going, "You uh, have been served and under arrest." And he brought them in. No, no harm, no foul. There. It was really cool to to kind of like listen to some of these stories played out. And again, um, I, this is all uh, this is all researched by the uh, by the professor who's kind of in charge of. Uh, this whole narrative and I'm pretty sure a lot of stuff is searchable so it's you know just a matter of doing your research but apparently a lot of the U.S. Marshals actually had to pay for uh the funeral of any fugitives that they killed uh while on the hunt for them so apparently it was a lot more profitable to bring people in alive because that was more that was more profit into in, into your pocket instead of having to pay to, to bury the guy and get him fitted for a suit and a box and have him buried and all that kind of stuff. So that, that was, I thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, the, it, it continues to push narrative of like the the West wasn't just all white cowboys and, you know, just, you know, a couple of, you know, bad Mexicans and some blacks here and there. Like it was a very diverse area, especially when you, when you start talking about the Indian territories where, it was kind of a free for free for all in certain places because uh, even though the uh, there be Indian law enforcement within the territories, they just didn't have the the manpower to actually keep keep up with all, all the crimes. Like, well, like today, like the like like the the, the rest cops, they really have no power or authority, and you know it's it's still a pretty fucked up place right now. And when the U.S. Marshals came came along, the uh, the judge in charge of getting all that made for the Indian Territories, hired all these different marshals, like over, over 100, 200 marshals to get the job done, and Bass Reeves was the one that did it the best. Um, I, I won't go through every case that they bring up or a, every scenario where it was really cool. Like, oh yeah, that was an awesome story, and like, oh, that would make a really badass scene in, in, in a cowboy movie, because it would. And I... I I still stand by what I said last week of wanting a, like a maybe six, eight uh, episode uh, mini series of Bass Reeves and also uh, Theodore Roosevelt as well because he was also really a fascinating character. Uh, but both these guys are just bigger than life characters. I would love to kind of see them see the life portrayed on screen. So uh, the cliffhanger we are left with uh, episode two. Is, un, you know, they they set up really perfectly. Bass Reeves is home. He's a he, he's with his wife and he's with his kids. His kids are maybe four or five years old, and he sees that his, his youngest uh, is actually being being taught to read. Something that uh, Bass Reeves and his wife never thought they would ever have the opportunity to to do it. They didn't believe that those are the opportunities that their kids would ever have. And the fact that they were able to, to to give their kids more than what they ever had kind of brought a tear to his eye. And then the very last statement of episode two is 20 years later, Bass Reads would have to serve a warrant for his own son for murder, for, for murdering his wife in cold blood. And that's how the episode ends. A really good, really good cliffhanger. Uh, definitely gonna be i, I mean I, i'm i'm listening to, to, to the last two episodes regardless but it's it's that was that was good <laughs> i was a really good stinger um so I'm definitely gonna stick with that again if you have any interest in in the old west or if this catches your your ear at all definitely check it out on spotify uh go to uh solve uh, solved solved murders on spotify they they have taken over the, 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 the feed for, for four weeks to bring you this limited series run. Again, it's called Bass Reeves. No master, just duty. Uh, what else am I nerding out on? Well, that's a good question. I'm, I'm glad you asked. Uh, just for shits and giggles, I decided to watch an old um, um, reality show that I used to watch uh, back on True TV. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. but A TV, a TV show called Black Gold. Ran from apparently 2008 to 2013. Black Gold was a, a reality documentary television series that chronicled, chronicles three uh, oil drill rigs in Andrews uh, County, Texas, 30 miles northwest of Odessa. Da-da-da-da-da. Yep, that's. It. I just want to see if the not um, the the rest of the synopsis is just straightforward like anything else. Hard, roughneck people, Texas. La 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 uh black gold was something I, I used to watch from time to time uh along with uh, full throttle it was like the, the uh, like the, um, it was like a, again a, a reality documentary of like the, the biggest uh cowboy not cowboy uh biggest biker bar in in Sturgis every year Sturgis has like a big biker meetup uh, all bikers from all all around the us and even different parts of the world come out to hang out there for like a week or something like that. And uh, and the bar is called the Full Throttle Saloon. You know, they always uh, have big concerts, big names and all that kind of stuff and live events and crazy events, all that kind of stuff. So I, I would watch that uh, alongside Black Gold. But uh, for some reason, Black Gold, I just really liked. Uh, as a wee little lad, I guess by then I was like, what, 17, maybe, 16, 17. So not that much of a young lad, but Young, young enough, and it, the so uh, rewatching the first season, which I'm on right now. I'm on episode uh, eight of ten, and the the first season is very, very much kind of a just straight up reality documentary. It's just kind of chronicling the the trials and tribulations of of oil workers of hey, you know, just shit keeps breaking down and not working and just getting kind of the the idea of the type of people that this job kind of attracts. Um, they, uh, they they definitely are like like guy guys for for, for better or for worse, but they get the job done. Like there's one that gets like damn near like like a hole in his forearm from uh from for a piece of metal that, that fell on his arm, and they just taped it up. Said, "No, it's fine. Uh, uh, not gonna lose the arm. Nothing. Fine. Perfect. Awesome. I'll just keep working." You know, these guys get up at like 5, they get up like 4 something in the morning, they're, they're, they're on the rig and working by like 5.30, 6 o'clock, they're working all day, might have to work a double, and it's just constant, constant work and constant danger of just all this heavy metal all around you and just spinning and, because you're digging into the ground and these pipes, you like the size of like 5 guys, they have to keep putting in the ground and keep putting in the ground and keep digging and drilling and digging and drilling and again you got chains flying around and like like 100, 100 to like 500 pounds to tons of metal just fall like in your hands constantly it's it's a pretty dangerous job uh and it, it, it is really interesting to kind of see it done it, it is something probably better watched week to week but since i'm just kind of binge watching it uh it, it, a lot of the same things pop up you know um same arguments same people causing drama and just being lazy whatever and it was kind of uh, it was just kind of interesting to to see even a job where like back in 2008 2009 these guys and uh, like in a, like in a decent year like a, a a lot of the roughnecks is what they call themselves uh, out there on the, on the oil rig oil oil field rigs that you know uh, were working this job for a year you you can make like a good 75,000 80,000 a year no problem um, but to see like <laughs> episodes where like after a hard day of work, they go to the bar and the next day, the, 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 the driller, which is basically like a foreman or, 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 supervisor is, is just waiting by the truck and his whole crew, nobody out of like, uh, what is like eight people? No one shows up. He's like, well, I guess no one wants to work today. So, so the crew that worked the overnight has to stay and pull a double because the morning guys just decided not to show up. Or guys just like, oh, I got too hungover and I just decided not to come. in, even though they know that calling off like that out of nowhere uh, unexpectedly puts more pressure on the team because now they have to pull the weight of of an extra person and it's just like a job that's very dangerous. Now they have to, then, then they have to even put it in more danger because they're, they're, they're overworked and overtired and all that kind of stuff. And it's just kind of cool to watch that that, 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 that kind of process and how they, they do it. Um but the reason why I remember a lot, I, I liked it so much was I think I think it's more of season 3 and 4 possibly even part of 2 that that's when like more of the reality side came on they started to follow more char- character driven people you know the you know the, like the ex like the the boxer who works on the oil rig you know he's he spends more time shadow boxing on the rig and actually working and always looking to cause fighter like uh Cheston, which becomes like a like a main character in in, in the show. Like this young um oh what 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 did they call? Um forgot what they call like like newbies. I forgot what, what they were called. Uh but, but anyways, like a new guy, go from like uh kind of like this isn't like you're a preppy kid, you shouldn't be here just the same job kind of for you. You know, go 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 to your fancy college and your fancy nice you know office to be like like a really good roughneck and and then like uh again like there's this big drama with season three or four where like we have the perfect crew and everything falls apart and there's this drama and people get into fights and going to jail and it's like what like what the like how the fuck do i do we get from that season like season one of being a very very straightforward kind of procedural like this is just in the day in the life i would drill it to like hey let's take like drama of like the real world and put it on an oil rig and it's it's like it's night and day how fast that you know like the show kind of changes and i'm assuming the reason why it made it to that many episodes is for the fact that it took that turn and said hey let's let's go ahead and be more of a drama kind of you know like water cooler type of show than just a uh documentary you might see like a national geographic or or the the discovery channel when they still did like good documentaries so i'll I'll keep watching it i'll see how long i go before i just tap out but i mean i'm kind of in it for the ride right now i i am enjoying it even this more slower pace kind of slice of life type of business and and just learning how much money goes into like getting oil like yeah you can like uh you can make like you know, like if you're lucky, for well is good. You can make like fifty million dollars on on like one oil, uh, like uh, one like oil well. Sure, but but you're you putting in like your uh, investment and in payment and moving the rigs and getting everything filled and tapped and all that kind of stuff and paying all the workers. You're putting in like millions of dollars, maybe ten million. So you you're putting in ten million to maybe make fifty million if you're lucky or you put in 10 million to make only 15 million or 12 million and well again two two million in profit is fantastic for anybody you know it's a big gamble you you put in all, all this money then you know um there's a chance that one job you're filthy rich you're set for life and you go for the next job and now you're broke and you're having to get loans to pay for the the next job hoping that it pays off to break even again it's it's a crazy game, and apparently, I guess a lot of the guys that do this again, just off of just of this one owner that 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 are paying to, to have these wells uh, made and all that kind of stuff, that they just love to gamble. They just love the the opportunity of being like, man, yeah, I could stop, but I just like to gamble, and I I like to chase, I like to thrill the hunt, and you know they're they're willing to spend all of this money. To maybe make you real big and lose it all again, and let's, let's just keep doing it. It's a, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. So it's fucking crazy. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Uh, I, uh, I I still do do like the show. I'm, I'm hoping that when it gets to that crazy reality side of things, that you know it's still entertaining, And not annoying to, to watch. Because I won't sit here and tell you that I'm above all that trashiness. I watch Mob Wives. I love the shit out of that show, just how fucking nuts that those those broads were, as they say <laughs> in 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 Jesse. and watching the the real world for like like six, seven years straight, and l- someone who loves the challenge, which is like a spin off of the real world and road rule challenge who who's seen who's been watching that since like ninety eight like two thousand something like that. I, I've watched it consistently. I love trash TV, so I'm just kind of I'm just kind of wait to see if that trashiness of Black Gold holds up, because I can't remember who I think it was Gill's wife. I, I I won't say her name because uh, I forgot if we, if we ever actually said it on the show or not. But she was watching like uh, Rock of Love with um, oh the guy from Poison, and I forgot his name, um, but you guys probably know who, who I'm talking about uh rocker oh, 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 always wear like bejeweled shirts and and like a red bandana with like long blonde hair uh you know stuff like that or, like flavor of love and all that kind of stuff like all these really trashy l- reality l- like love c- competition shows it was like yeah i i get it 100 i i i love trash tv uh I, i'm not obsessed uh, as a lot of people are with it but don't get me wrong. Again, I, I, like on a lazy Sunday or if I'm feeling sick, I have no problem watching trash trash TV to, to make me feel better. So uh, Black Gold, I'm waiting for that turn where we're turning to like that trashy TV. And I'm hoping that it still holds up because I do love good entertainment. <laughs> uh, moving on to my next nerd out. It's going to be two songs. Kind of the... the they both have the same uh, theme, to, theme to it, which um, really kind of hit me in in mi corazón and i was like oh so let's go ahead and just kind of lean into the first one um this is a song that came uh, you know i wish i had i pulled up the lyrics i didn't pull up the year it came out but i would say within the last oh here we go uh at at least 2021 uh cody johnson till you can't i'll just read a little uh i'll i'll read a verse here for you um Just to kind of so just to kind of set the scene here. Uh, you can tell your old man you'll you'll do some large mouth uh, large mouth ba- uh, <laughs> you'll tell your old man you'll do some large mouth fishing another time. You just got too much on your plate to bait and cast a line. You can always put a rain check in his hand until you can't. You can keep putting off forever with the girl who broke uh, whose heart you hold. Swearing that you'll ask someday further down the road, you you can always put a diamond on her hand until you can't. If you got a chance, take it. Take it while you while you got a chance. If you got a dream, chase it, because a dream won't chase you back. If you're going to love somebody, hold them as long and as strong and as close as you can until you can't. And that's the, the general gist of this song, which... Again I mean it's it, it's in the title of the song I mean, even in that first verse uh, it, it goes on to the the other the, the other verses and in the bridge and all that kind of reinforces that idea of it and the music video does that as well with a, with with a, with a scene you would never hope as a parent. I'm um, not that I am a parent yet I do want to be in the, in the future but um, you know getting a call that your your son has died like in like in, in a car accident something like that. You know, till you can't. Don't, don't, don't wait. Do the things you said you were gonna do. Don't just sit around and say, "Well, tomorrow or maybe later." But there's always a chance to do it. I just, you know, I'm just like busy r- right now. um Just don't wait because it's it's possible until you can't. Type of deal and. You know, that's that's why, like, I, I wanted to put a lot more emphasis on my photography this year. And I really wanted to work on my podcast and keep it going. Because it was, it, it, it is, it, it does feel taxing sometimes to do it on my own. And trying to come up with content and idea and kind of trying to keep it alive, uh, the podcast. Because I have another project that I'm trying to work on with Gil right now to bring like a separate show that won't come out every week we'll we'll we'll, uh we plan on maybe recording a couple like two three episodes at a time and then put them out and random random moments but uh and then like what i did last week with the spoiler talks for ant-man and wasp you know i'm trying to come up with a different section um or add some more content that i can add to to this overall experience of the podcast but again it, it is hard uh doing it by yourself. I, I don't have anyone to bounce off anymore. I do feel like a lot of our great episodes where uh, usually Frank and Manny disagreeing with me or thinking I'm a uh, complete dum-dum for, for, for liking something and then me getting very passionate about it because I I love that kind of stuff. Um, it is it is difficult. It is weird. Again, it's just me and I, I just had to play off myself and yeah, sure. I can have a conversation in my head about uh, something and and be the greatest funniest uh, comic in the world. But when it's time to come, put uh, actually put my my mouth next to to the mic and let it go. As you can hear, I'll, like you know, it's I'm stumbling over my words a lot, but stuff like that. But I I can't stop. I have if I I always wanted to be, I always wanted to do podcasts. I, I've been trying to do a podcast consistently or have something at least be somewhat successful since. Probably since I was in high school, like back in 2000 and uh, 2007, 2008, I, I I've been trying. Uh, I originally started a podcast with this guy. Uh, we were on the Spilled.com forum, and he was like, "Hey, I'm looking for a co-host for a uh, uh, for a um, for a podcast called Cinephiles. Basically, we would watch new movies, whatever, and talk about them, and uh, I think we did like two, three episodes, and then." I don't know where he decides just to like kick me out and says, "Oh yeah, I found someone else. It's my friend, like down the road, uh, and you can come out whenever you want as a special guest." I'm like, okay, thanks, motherfucker. You you can go fuck yourself. But all right, sure. Um, and then I I started an, another podcast, um, uh, trying to be more um, trying to be more uh, niche with the next one that I came up with. Uh, it was very much uh, like. Asian film based. So you know, I'll talk about like new, like new Hong Kong films or new action films, new Korean dramas that were coming out. And I had a, uh, I, I had two 2 co-hosts set up. The other one, uh, one of the guys just never showed up or responded back to, to the emails or never showed up. The second guy, we did one episode and uh, I, I uploaded it to YouTube because I was still learning the process of how how podcast actually worked. And he goes, oh, I didn't sign up for this. And he just left. Like you know, it's it's just a constant failure, at the failure, at the failure, and this is probably the uh, b- 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 the fifth, maybe even sixth time I've tried to do a podcast here, and this one has been more consistent. But my co-hosts haven't been consistent, and that's partially obviously because they they have newborns now. But it's it I, I can't let that stop me. I can't let other people dictate that because I I did that for a long time where. I would not go see a movie or not go do this or not go do that because I was afraid of being by myself like going like now i, I go to movies by myself all the time I love it I, I, I you know it's cool when you go with your friends or all like then you know and you get to like crack up and laugh about certain things or whatever or watch certain movies to, together that's always great, but I'll go by myself i'll I'll go to bed and cages on my own i'll I'll go try a try a new burger place by myself' because I can't wait on people ar- around me to to invite me or maybe invite me because i usually have to invite myself to, to 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 a lot of events so i'm like well i can't keep waiting on other people i have to start doing it myself and that's why i'm really proud of the fact that i've been able to keep this going by myself so far and songs like this really kind of keep pushes me to be like, listen this might never be anything my photography might never be anything and that's okay but i have to try and I'm trying in other aspects of my life as well, obviously working on my fitness and all that other kind of stuff. And it's, you know, again, it's really easy to say not today or meh, uh, I I have time, you know, and, you know, I, I, I said that when I was like 24, I got time. I'm not 30 yet. I got time. I'm 32 now. And, you know, I kept pushing things off and pushing things off and, you know, you're going to have so many excuses for, for so long, so I'm definitely proud of that. I would definitely like to transition into YouTube as well, but I definitely don't at the moment have time to balance all of that with everything else that I'm trying to do. So uh, the podcast form is perfect. Um, I, I definitely want to, again, like transition into YouTube stuff as well, maybe short films, all that kind of stuff, But which I've been trying for years, but this is a good step in that right direction. Oh, excuse me. Sorry for sneezing. Uh, so yeah, um, so this song kind of brought that aspect out in me of like, yeah, I can't can't be afraid. And uh, I, again, I use the the podcast uh, uh, scenario in my life just because it's the most relevant thing to the podcast, especially uh, talking a topic. So it just and and, and there's other aspects as well, like you know, my love life be more. Uh, I sort of might, might might not be the right word, but be willing to be open to things and and be able to express how I feel without sounding passive-aggressive or, you know, coming off as weak and all that kind of stuff. Again, uh, for, for lack of a better term, all, everything I just said, it's just I don't know how to formulate that properly or don't have the vocabulary to actually express what I'm trying to say. But I'm just trying to carry that the attitude that I have towards this podcast into my other, uh, other aspects of life. So just... And all I can tell you guys, too, is just do it. You know, it's, again, the the the, the odds are against myself, against most people who who do stuff like this, podcasts, and you, you know, uh, directing, and short films, and YouTube, or media, all that kind of stuff. It, I, all the odds are stacked against you. Might as well just have fun doing it. If it happens for you, just don't stop, and enjoy the the success. Never forget the people that, that got you there. But just know that you gave it your all that you actually tried. And I'm 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 you know, I can say that I have been trying. So even if in a year or so this doesn't pan out to anything and I have to stop, I know that I kept I kept it going and I, I you know I I went until the wheels all fell off. So uh yeah, so all of that came from a Cody Johnson song called Till You Can't. So <laughs> um you know I, I really love movies a lot. I, I do like if you know, uh, you know, you always ask that question Would you prefer only movies or only watch movies for the rest of your life or listen to music and you can have this or that? Like, love, love, like, those type of questions. I would always say, movies 100%. Uh, movies have done more for me overall in my life and they have such a big meaning to uh, f- for me. And maybe one day I'll talk about all, all the stuff, you know, f- for my youth and all that kind of stuff and why this stuff, why I'm so passionate about the like nerd and cold. <laughs> nerd and culture stuff nerd and geek culture stuff and pop culture and all that kind of stuff um but yeah it means a lot to me and i like music a lot and i i I will tell you i do probably listen to more trashy pop stuff more like you know that kind of stuff than super indie stuff like i love pop punk i love punk music i love hardcore stuff i love new metal but I probably give you only like the the top service names or like, you know, the, the names everyone knows, like black flag and, um, uh, and now, uh, uh, now that it's in my head, I can't think of the stooges and you have, um, the Ramones and, um, the dead Kennedys, you know, like all, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I give you like, like all the big names obviously in the history of punk, but I can't give you like super niche, niche bands, all that kind of stuff, but I, when I do find songs that hit me very personally, I, I do love that feeling that I do get I may not get it with every song that I listen to like some people can listen to every song of an artist or listen to listen to a thousand songs and find so many complex emotions in every one of those thousand songs uh, for me, maybe 10 or 20 out of that thousand songs will, will give me a very strong emotion like, like this song did, but I, I, will, I will, and I will definitely cherish those twenty songs more than any other songs in the world. So, uh, and, and music, those certain music just seems come; those type of songs come to me at time where I really need to hear it. It's just kind of like one of those faith things that happened. And just maybe it was destiny, maybe it was just coincidence. Who knows? But like this song came to a time when I again, it's been out for a couple of years now, but I just found it out not too long ago. And this was about the time where Frank and Manny just kind of dropped off of the podcast, and it kind of like okay, I, I feel it, um, you know, getting a little watery in my eyes. It's it, it bringing a lot of emotions back to me, and it's like wow, it's it, you know, I, again, I may not be a music connoisseur, but this is th- these are these moments where music is very special. So, moving on to the other song that gave me those feelings, which I actually found today, uh, thanks to Spotify's new beta uh, that they're doing they're doing a beta test for a uh a uh, ai dj it's basically the uh, there's it's basically like radio but the dj is an ai robot saying hey i've listened and looked at all your music patterns uh you know for next five songs these are songs from the 2000s this the uh, next five songs are like contemporary country and like giving you songs you you know or you haven't listened to a long time, artist artists you haven't listened to in a couple years, or some brand new songs based on what you like. And one of those songs happened to be It's Been a Year by Ashley Cook. So let me go ahead and uh, go ahead and read a verse for you here. From Ashley Cook's It's Been a Year. One, two, three, four. It's been a year. Since I've been back to... Hmm, I guess how if I remember that word. So, uh, Sarah My grandparents are getting older. And if I had to guess, it's been a year. Since my friend had her baby girl. Now she's got a whole new world and I ain't even met her yet. I've kept my head down grinding, just looking up and realizing it. Damn, it's been a year. And I ain't saying it's been a good I ain't saying it's been and I ain't saying it ain't been a good one. It's been a did a lot more than I thought I could and won. It's been three hundred sixty five of record lows and record highs. Loving and losing, fun and confusing, praying and shifting gears. For the for the minute you got it, it's probably a lot more than you wanna hear. So all I have to say is it's been a year. This this song what 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 emotions did this one bring out in me? Well, I'm glad you asked, viewer, who is obviously just a- answered me in my voice. The song is very clearly that time flies, right? The line with "It's been a year since I've seen my best my best friend and her baby girl. And now now she's now she has a whole new world, and I ain't even met her yet." Uh, and it kind of and it doesn't contradict, but it goes in some way uh, hand in hand with the with the Cody Johnson song. Um, you spend your life grinding. You spend your life trying to chase that, you know, that golden goose, that, that that dream that you've always had. And you kind of forget that time is the most precious thing we have. And you... You think that, and it's like, "Oh, you remember the last time we hung out, and you're like, "Yeah, when we went to go see that movie, when was that?" And you realize that that was like five years ago, three years ago um, time flies, and if you're not careful, you know um uh, it it's everything that you used to know is gone. It's a brand new world, a year changes someone's world, maybe not yours, but their world changes. And if you don't stick around, or at least make yourself available, that the new world doesn't have any room for you. Now, obviously, that goes both ways, where you're so busy with your own world that you don't open yourself up to to your friends and your family. Uh, you lose them, you know, and then you wonder why. Oh, they're bad friends. They never come see my kid. They never do this and that. But did you ever actually give them the opportunity to be a part of your life? It's you know. It, I'm not throwing any shade at, at any parents or anything like that, because obviously having a kid that that is your main priority in in life. Now you you're in charge of a little person, a little baby person, and you have to make sure they grow up not to be an asshole, and that you know they don't you know that you take care of them, you feed them, and you defend them, and you raise them, and you give them the love and care of everything that they need to be a good human being. But at the same time, eventually they'll grow old. They'll have their own life. They'll start their their, their own path. And then they have to walk the path on their own. And you're going to turn around and realize that you kind of pushed away all your friends because you were so focused on this that you forgot that there is a life outside of this one as well. And eventually you'll have time again to spend time with those friends and families. And again, on the flip side, if you spend so much time grinding and working 80 hours a week, 100 hours a week doing these stupid fucking... Um, was the the that, that uh, Gary V method of working, which is a complete fucking idiot. I I mean the guy is making money. He, he's smart in some aspects, but uh, his idea, ideology ideology of, of working and all that kind of stuff, and how like he wakes up in the morning and he like pictures like uh, someone putting a gun to, to, to uh, a gun to, to the head of uh, of his loved ones, and like that motivates him, and all, and like only getting a couple hours of sleep, and like just being fucking Vegas shit about everything. If you, know, you spend your life chasing that that dollar, the consumer consumerism of it all, like I got to have a Bugatti, I got to have the gold chain, I got to have the watch. You leave people who generally want to be with you, want to have fun, want to experience your highs, want to experience your lows, and you've pushed them all away because you're too busy trying to get yours. You know, it, life is hard. It's a balance, you know, that like, like they always say, you know, there's like... You know, there's like three things in life. You have family, uh, like family, career, and friends, right? Something like that. And you can only you, you can only balance two of them. You can you can put all your focus in two of them, but you can never focus all three of them, or you end up losing all three. You know, if you work too much, that can affect your friendship. So you have the and, and that affects time with your family. So you ha- you hang out with your friends less to focus on your work and your family, or you focus on your family so much that and your friends you can't work on your job so you can't get that money that you want. You focus on your job and friends, but you never have time to make a connection with a person to start a family. And again, not everyone has to have a family. Maybe you don't want that, but to find a significant other that you can go through life with and you don't you don't do it because you're you know, you're trying to balancing. But I think you could have it all. You just have to reveal those expectations back. Not everyone's gonna be a multimillionaire. Not everyone is going to have a Bugatti. Not everyone is going to have 10, 15 kids. Not everyone's going to have all that. But you make 60, 70 a year. That's very manageable for a lot of people. Both of you make, you know, you and your assistant, significant other make, both of you make 70K a year. You, you budget well. You can have a very, very nice life. You know, it's it, and you still have that work, work balance. You're not working too many crazy hours. You have your friends. Maybe, again, maybe you don't see your friends every, every weekend like you used to in high school. And all that kind of stuff. But you see them once a month or a couple of times a year, like three, four times. You, you guys get together on St. Patrick's Day or you get together on, on your birthdays to go, uh, you know, have a blowout. So, you know, we'll see you in two months. But we're going to have fun tonight. And we're going to make up for those two months right now type of deal. You know, and then, like, obviously you work too much. You don't get to see your kids, your wife, your boyfriend, your husband, whatever. And all that kind of stuff. It's it's a fine line, but just don't forget about the connections that help shape you as a person than you are today, because for good or for good or for worse, all the people that you met in your life have have some kind of effect on you uh, for who you are today. And focusing more more specifically on the positive stuff, you know, it it, it kind of made me think I'm like, yeah, there, there are there are plenty of instances where people could have done a lot more to keep me around, right? Like I I I always made the effort to like always text first always text on their birthday uh, Merry Christmas Happy Hanukkah uh, you know uh, H- Happy New Year Happy Birthday all that kind of stuff and never did I ever get any of those texts from them it was always me reaching out first but on the flip side there were people that always reached out to me first and I never made the effort to you know to kind of keep that connection going as well um, um I, I I I'm very aware that I I I'm on both ends. Of that spectrum and you know someone like frank he's my cousin but he's what he's like one of my best friends as well he's not just my blood he's not just my friend he's not just my brother he's you know he's all of that uh i i know i could I i know i have to make a better effort to go see my godkids. like i am the god i'm i'm a I'm godfather to his newborn and to his to his middle child you know, and I, I I do see them, and when I see them, I, I'm always hanging out with them, and you know, we, we, uh, me and my my first goddaughter, we get along beautifully, I love her with all my heart. I love his, his oldest too, I love her with all my heart, but like, she's like my godmother, the, the, the male child is my goddaughter, right? And the youngest, his newborn, I, I've met a couple times, and I, I know I have to make the effort to to go see, to see the baby more, because... In a year, he'll be a year older. You know, it's gonna be a whole year that you know I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be there to experience it. You know, because for whatever reason. So I think it's it's important, and this song really made me kind of think, like, okay, maybe I should reach out to those people in college that I used to hang out with a lot that were there were my brothers and my sisters. Like we went through a lot in just two years of college. Like we experienced a lot. We we went through a lot lot of ups and downs and we've, we've been through a lot and we always have that bond. It's one of those friendships where like I'll see them in a year and we'll pick up right where we left off 10, 10 years ago, but it shouldn't have to be that way. You know, I should reach out, but at the same time they could as well. And, you know, not, not to get too much in my head like that, but maybe I shouldn't make me. I have not that I should, I know I had to make more of an effort for, 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 number of people, just like they have to make an effort with me if they want to, that's totally on them. But, so you know, this song just had, me, had me really thinking. Like, yeah, it's been a year since it's been. Like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh yeah, I had this conversation with uh, with my old r- roommate from college, and realizing that like I hadn't talked to him. The last time I talked to him was maybe eight months ago, and before that, uh, I didn't see or hear from him for like three, four years, maybe five. You know, and he was my roommate. We were we were close. We were. Best the best fucking friends, and it's just one of those things, you know. Um, yeah, and the, I don't know what happened to the podcast real quick. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it 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 evolves into something completely different, almost a therapy session for for me with these two songs. But that's what these songs did. Again, they, just, to some people, this might be a very generic type of country song, super generic, something you listen to radio, which maybe for them. But to me, these two songs meant a lot to me, and they just kind of got me thinking. Uh, not not in any like negative way or anything like that. Just had me thinking and like realizing, yeah, I I fucked up in ways and I need to do better at that. I, I can't, you know, uh, as much as as much as the statement of like, yeah, people are, like I'm usually the last choice of people's friends or I have to invite myself to things because no one ever reaches out to me first. But there's people who have tried to hang out with me that I just kind of blew them off or didn't did didn't give them the, the time of day just because I didn't feel like it or I'm tired or ah, whatever or yeah, well. well You'll be there next week. I just don't want to hang out this week, type of deal. You know, it's you know humans are selfish by nature, and it takes a lot to maintain a friendship because a friendship is a relationship. It's not sexual, but it it, it is a emotional one that you have to that that you make with someone that you just pick a random fucking person and go like we're best friends. Like my my roommate. Uh, from college, my second roommate—actually, uh, bo- both my roommates in college—both both of their first names started with M, so I just go, uh, go, "I'll go, I'll go M" for, for, for my second roommate. Um, you know, like we, uh, he was—he was the friend, or he was acquaintance, uh, one of a friend that I made, and somehow we just ended up. It, it literally just happened, like one day, they, like they—all um, of our acquaintances were rushing for a. Uh, fraternity we weren't and it just like I, I don't know how the fuck it happened but it, he ended up coming over to my dorm and we watched sons of anarchy and then we just watched the whole season week to week we, you know, like it, it was like a thing like every thursday he come down to my dorm and we just watched sons of anarchy while they were off doing their their stuff and then we both rushed for the for fraternity uh next semester and you know it was it's crazy like i like i can't pinpoint exactly when we became friends but it's crazy. You just pick a fucking random person, and you make this deep connection with them, and you have to fight those selfish, ur- selfish urges to push them away or to be overbearing and or like not, you know, realizing or taking them for granted. Because taking people for granted is being selfish, and that's something you have to work on. That's something I know I have to work on as well. Again, therapy session over. Sorry. <laughs> um, so those, those, those two songs were. Uh, to me, they they hit really hard and made me think of stuff and um, yeah. So you want to listen to them? Check them out. Uh, they, they are both on Spotify. You can go on YouTube as well. I'm pretty sure they're on Apple or a- anywhere you you can hear music. So check those songs out. I- I- even if you're not country a country fan, just get good to listen. You you know you might you might like these only two specific songs in country music. And, you know that might be the only one, only two you, you ever listen to. So. Um, let's go ahead and move on with the show because that lasted way longer than I thought so we're already an hour here um, I saw the new movie uh, Operation Fortune uh, the new Guy Ritchie film starring Jason Satham, Audrey Plaza Carrie Ellis, Hugh Grant J- uh, Josh Hartnett and Bugsy Malone is that really his name? Bugsy Malone wow okay And uh, and obviously uh, directed by Guy Ritchie. And I believe he was a co-writer in it as well. It is labeled, genre, action, comedy, thriller. Here's a synopsis coming from IMDb. Special Agent uh, Orson Fortune and his team of operatives recruit one of Hollywood's biggest movie stars to help them on an undercover mission when the sale of a deadly new weapons technology threatens to disrupt the world order. <laughs> yeah, directed by Guy Ritchie, written by Guy Ritchie, Ivan Atkinson, and Martin Davises. Uh, this is a spy movie. Uh, again, a- a- as I said, um, Carrie, Gr- uh, Carrie Ellis is uh, playing Nathan, who is in charge of a private security firm, that is contracted out by the British government to kind of run their like big special ops stuff that their military can't do or they need more of a discreet angle in. They'll, they'll, they'll call uh, Nathan and his team, and Nathan's best operative is uh, or- Orson Fortune. I feel like he's very kind of like a... Um, kind of like a caricature of, of all these spy characters. And he, he loves to live the, the lavish life um, like his... His business expensive. Is flying on, on the most updated, brand new, top of the line uh, private jet. He he wants certain types, uh, certain year wine has to be on there. And every time he finishes a mission, he goes on a health retreat or mental break, which he just uh, you know the 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 British government pays for a for a um, vacation at uh, you know beautiful foreign exotic places. Uh, very full of himself. He he knows how good he is. But he's good at what he does, and then he puts the team together. Uh, Audrey Plaza plays uh, Sarah, which she was great; she was fantastic. Uh, this, this whole this whole crew, this whole cast was absolutely fantastic. This movie was very fun to watch. Um, I, I will say uh, the, the 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 spy. I, I felt like it's more of a grounded type of spy film. Definitely not like James Bond or Mission Impossible or even uh, Man from Nowhere or um, uh, Man, uh, Man from Uncle. Um which oddly enough, I think Hugh grant was in there as well Hugh Grant's had kind of a resurgence uh of late uh when he was in the, the guy rich film the gentleman he he's in operation fortune he's in the new Dungeon dragons movie coming out and he he he's aging very well he's he was great in this as well he uh Hugh grant was definitely a a highlight uh, of the film but uh, essentially a, a a new technology is lost and his team comes together uh Statham, sayson Jason Satham doing Jason Satham did it very well. Audrey Plaza. This is a British comedy, so it's a lot of dry wit, a, a lot of like quick rib fire kind of humor and kind of like, a, again, that old British, you know, uh, dr- dry humor. Audrey Plaza is the queen of dry humor. She fits in astronomically well into this cast. Um... Carrie Ellis, great as usual. J- Josh Hartnett was actually really good. I- I've always liked Josh. Josh Hartnett. Um, I won't say I was the biggest fan, but he he definitely held his own as well. H- Hugh Grant is definitely a. I-, I would say Hugh Grant, Audrey Plaza were like the highlights of the film, for sure. Um, I-, I will say if you are expecting a again like a mig- like a bigger over the top action se- action sequences after action sequences. Again, like out of James Bond or Mission Impossible, something like that. This does feel more grounded. Does feel more quieter of a film. Uh, it, there's like one cool uh, car chase scene in there that that was that's kind of pretty cool and with some some decent explosions, some really nice camera work. Um, there's a chase. There's a chase scene on foot between uh, Jason Statham and another character. Um, that was really cool to watch because it wasn't they weren't always running like, you know, as fast as they could through the through the market scene. Like you saw them speed walking and kind of trying to, you know, trying not to bring too much su- suspicion to them and kind of, you know, trying to outwit the, the other person. And it was kind of like really cool to see that play out. Um the dialogue is great. Um it is I say um a lot. I just I, th- I think I someone pointing out to me one time, but I, I just keep hearing it now when we do get those like uh like those action scenes as quick as they are they are very smooth and fluent and it is really cool to see uh there's like like one moment where there's a lot of gunfire but it's pretty short and it's more of a a story uh story or plot device more than like an actual like epic this is like worth seeing the movie for type of action scene so i i can i can see it uh, because it Hits the ground running. You don't like get a lot of backstory in any of these characters. This is very much a kind of slice of life type of film. Like, hey, the the, the, the mission is the life. The life is the mission. We're not going to talk about backstories or any like, oh, I'm, I was an orphan who learned to be the greatest spy or like that. You just need to know that they're great at what they do, and they do it very well. Um This film, I can definitely see people maybe being bored by it a little bit. The fact that it's not as robust as an action film as some people would like to think. Uh, I think the humor for the most part is pretty spot on. Um... Yeah. No. Sorry <laughs> sorry for the air there. But no. I mean, uh, if, if any of that catches, uh, catches your fancy about it, check it out. It is in theaters. I don't know how much longer. I don't think it did that well, unfortunately, because I think this movie was supposed to come out a couple of years ago or was kind of like being shipped around with dates and all of a sudden it's just like, hey, this movie comes out in a couple weeks. Uh here it is, haha. And the marketing was next to nothing for it. Unless you watch basic cable. But even then it wasn't pushed that much. Uh it's it I think it is very, very worth watching in theaters. Uh check it out. It is funny. Again, it it it, it does it does it is a little bit longer than it probably should, should be. Uh there was a whole couple of scenes they probably could have shortened it up or kind of uh, worked our way around but th- again uh, if you're a fan of anyone that I named in in, in that list check it out uh, again Hugh Grant uh, Audrey Plaza big pluses in the film uh, action scene was good the action stuff was good the story was was pretty solid as well um, bah, 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 the ending very cool very cool scene with Hugh Grant uh, and I won't give too much away on that but there, there, he gives the speech while something's happening in the background, and it's kind of actually fucking badass. he, he he's a really he's a really cool character in this. Uh, uh, that's Operation Fortune. I would give it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I I, I feel com- comfortable with that. I can't say you will make my top ten. Uh, if you definitely ask for like uh, um, actors, uh, the Audrey and Hugh might make that list, but. I don't think you'll break the top 10 coming at the end of this year, but we'll see. Uh, anything could happen. It could be a really slow year. And last thing, main topic, with a hour and 18 minutes into it. Oh, boy. I definitely ran it on this one. I love it. Uh, Mandalorian, Season 3, ep- uh, Chapter 17, Episode 1 of Season 3, The Apostate. Yes, the apostate. The Mandalorian begins an important journey. Is the uh, is is the synopsis that I IMDb gave? Straight to the point. So, if you watched Book of Boba Fett, the season was already kind of set up with a couple of episodes. Um, again, I won't. I'll try not to spoil it. Well, he, he's in the trailer. Grogu's back. I say that reluctantly because he'll always be Baby Yoda to me. Um, Mando has basically been exiled from his clan. He admitted to taking off his helmet because he's a dum dum and doesn't know how to lie. He is kicked out. He, uh, he now he has to redeem himself, and the only way to redeem yourself is by bathing by bathing in the lakes on uh, on on the leaf Mandalore to you know to cleanse yourself of all your sins, but. Uh, if you know anything about uh, Star Wars lore, Ma- uh, Mandalore has been covered in a poisonous crystal by the Empire. It is unin- uninhabitable. It is, basically, it's impossible for him. But he believes that you can walk on it. He finds this piece of of scripture from Mandalore that some some py- a, um, a Jawa had that they traded for came straight from Mandalore, proving that, hey, it's possible, maybe we can walk on uh, on the shore of, of Mandalore. Um, the whole the whole episode opens up with the armorist uh, kind of inducting a new foundling into the Mandalorian culture. Uh, we see a bunch of different, um, uh, I don't want to call them cults, but different tribes and different... Groups of Mandalorians come together As the child is being christened To join in This is the way type of deal When a, a Crockett turtle I'm going to call it a turtle I'm pretty sure it has an actual name Star Wars Star Wars lore. As much as I know there's a lot of stuff I don't know uh, Other people blow me uh, out of the water When it comes to that kind of stuff But I'm going to call it a crocodile. turtle Comes out It, it, uh, it interrupts the, the whole the whole um proceedings here and now you see a bunch of Mandalorians flying around shooting at this crocodile trying to kill it uh, trying to stay alive. Um it, it's a badass scene. It opens up really cool. It starts to season off really cool. But it is a little weird. Like how would you not know that there's this creature in this in, in this lake or this river that you're next to you just hey let's just walk into a crazy place and not do any kind of surveillance on the land and see what kind of predators live on, on the land. But it, I, I think, I think more than that, it, it actually set up kind of, it, it's told a lot about men, Mandalorians as a culture, than 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 any kind of dialogue or, um, exposition could, could explain. Uh, I've kind of noticed like in a lot of Star Wars films, a lot of, a lot of times in action scenes, um, people are blowing up and, and you know you know flying across the screen and all that kind of stuff and rarely do you ever see people go back to help someone who's fallen or to, to to look after someone on the battlefield it's very much oh well they're dead oh no the red shirt is gone too bad let's keep moving on because the main characters have to live uh in this in this scene alone the Mandalorians are just as they're they're focused not only are they focused on killing the crocodile turtle but they are also very focused on making sure that those who are Harmed or in the way, or in in, in the river drowning because this thing is fl- flailing around. That they actually go into harm's way to get them out of there, try to get them to safety, and try to keep everyone at a safe distance. Even the 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 uh, the, the armorist when she goes in, into the the water to to save one of one of the fallen um, ma- Mandalorians in 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 the ocean, um, like in in the riverside, he's drowning and he can't get his footing. And she goes in there. She doesn't have a gun. Mm-hmm. She has her hammer. And um what is it? Um, so, so, some other uh, smithing tool. She, she's ready to hit the crocodile in the face with with a hammer. Won't do any damage, but it's their it's their it's it's in their nature, in their warrior instinct to be like, listen, it, i whatever I have, I'm gonna fight to the bitter end. I, I don't, I you know, I don't ha- I don't have a blaster. I don't have a rocket launcher. I don't have a minigun. I got a hammer. That's the best that I got, and I'm gonna use it. And it's not gonna do anything, but I can't I can't sit back and do nothing type, type of deal so I thought I, I thought that again it's one of those scenes that when you, when you think about it more and more it's like eh, that was kind of stupid why didn't you do this and that but uh, for a purpose of setting up the world and again showing not telling I think it did a lot if people just like stop and think about it for a second and while it looks like oh all hope is lost you know we can't kill the crocodile turtle uh, uh, Mando shows up with his badass ship and blow, blows a hole into it. And, you know, that's when he has a conversation with her. Like, oh, and everything I, I just uh, explained before explaining the, the, the fight scene. Uh, they they had that conversation. So he goes on. He goes on to go find his old buddy. Uh, kind of find out that, um, you know, the, the place that he helped liberate uh of uh, uh, the empire and uh, all the body hunters whatever it's now like a like a beautiful prosperous mining town and he's like listen i i don't have time for all this i have to i have to i i i have to compl- i have to start a new journey i, I I'm, I'm an apostate i have been kicked out i have to track down someone who would have some information i need, I need a droid um so uh the the, the droid from the first season they kind of made a bronze statue to him because I need it. Uh, Realize there's a malfunction; it, it doesn't remember Mando and, and and Grogu because it kind of defaulted back to its uh its factory setting. So that's where we get our first uh, Star Wars uh, callback or cameo from another character, or maybe not, even, maybe fan service. Uh, Babu Frink, uh, the little um, droid mechanic from. I want to say... Last Jedi? Maybe The Rise of Skywalker. Um, that, that's where he made his first appearance. And in here he is... This is um, pre-New Order, post-Empire. So it's Babu Frink. Uh, I, and a scene that I thought maybe would be annoying me, but actually cracked me up a lot. And uh, there's, there's this really cute moment with, with Grogu thinking that Babu Frink... Because he, Babu Frank is even smaller than Grogu and... Grogu thinks he he's a pet and it, it it's really funny uh, interaction and the way that Babu <laughs> Frink speaks is pretty funny so that was pretty cool. Um we we finished off the episode with uh after a really cool uh spaceship battle uh in space against Mando against some some pirates. Uh the the very last scene we we see is Mando lands on this on the outskirts, uh, or in the solar system of Mandalore, lands on a planet and goes to a Mandalorian castle where, um, bo is sitting there on a chair, just kind of contemplating life. And he's like, Hey, I'm here to join you. haha Let's go take back Mandalore. And she's like, yeah, well, you got that sword, right? Well, after you won it, Mr. Big Shot, my whole army that I that have been trying to build to, uh, to, you know, to take back our homeland is gone. Now they're taking the warships and all this other crap, and they're now they're just being bounty hunters. Because, Mister, I just gotta go be giddy moth and take his sword because I'm such a big, big man. You know, she goes on to complain about, "Oh, this is all your fault." It is what it is. You go. This is where the lake is. That's where the mind is. That's that. That's where you'll find your your precious river to redeem yourself whatever get out of my face <laughs> and you see uh mando uh, as he's leaving uh his name is dingering but uh he's mando let's just be honest uh he, he as he's leaving you see his head shaking like this this bitch over here I, I tell you man i can't i can't deal with these people and that's the the end of the episode it, it, it was a solid really solid opening to a season I think season two definitely had the better first uh, first impressions. I thought that was an amazing episode, and the fact that it was like an hour long uh, helped as well. But uh, it set up a lot, we're doing a lot, and it was great visually. And uh, for season three, this was a pretty solid opening. Um, looking like it's only going to be, again, I'm not totally sure if that's correct, but it looks like yeah, uh eight episodes looks like uh, uh again it's gonna be eight episodes so i'm hoping that this this season is really light on filler and kind of like side quest missions and we just get straight into the story uh that's my my hope for it um i don't have any real real gripes or anything with uh with this episode um the, the apostate i actually enjoyed it more more than i thought i would because my hypes i was really hyper for, for the season to start so i was I felt like it was easier to be let down than it was to be um, um, have my expectations expectations met. But it, it met those expectations. I'm, I'm I'm very excited to see where this leads to. I I would love to eventually have a war for Mandalore, or you know um, some kind of you know I hate to have an infight, but I have some you know maybe pirates have taken over the the service of Mandalorian uh, of Mandalorian. He's able to uh, uh, put um, Bo-Katan back in power and they're able to work work it out with the with the heretics, uh, the armorists, and work together. Something like that. I, I, I this, this season has a lot of potential for some really awesome moments and set pieces. I don't know how much longer the show can go for. I mean... We, uh, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, how can you have a show about him trying to return him back to a Jedi? You can only do that for so long when they already saw that issue in, in, in the second episode. Um, I think season, I think episode two is more important than episode one, obviously. We're going to see what the pace of the show is going to be, what we're going to do next. I'm very excited for this season. Stick with me, we'll be talking about this week to week. Um, Hopefully you watch it because uh, today I'm recording on the seventh. The episode, uh, episode two, uh, or chapter 18, will be out tomorrow, as of me recording this. So I'm definitely going to watch it and I'll talk about it next next episode. So I think I'll cut it off there because again, I just ba- it was basically a a recap, and again it was a it it, it was a building block episode to kind of set up uh, for the rest of the, the the season. So it wasn't too much to spoil or too much to talk about. So, again, with that being said, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of 3 Nerds on a Sunday. I have been your host, Sonny. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, uh, any questions you want read on the show, or any kind of uh, notes, maybe, hey, can you do this, or can you uh, um, can you review this, or can you talk about this on next episode, DM, DM me at the 3 Nerds on a Sunday on our Instagram page. You want to listen to the podcast? We are on Spotify, Apple Podcast, any podcast app of your choice. So spread the word to your friends if they're into this kind of stuff. Um, and also, I'm gonna try to keep doing side Quest, That that new like off show where I, I did dedicate myself to like one topic for per episode. I, I might use that for more of my wrestling stuff because if you may not know about me, I love pro wrestling and indie wrestling, and all the big stuff. So I definitely would love to focus on that as well. And then I'm going to hopefully get the 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 get the ball rolling on the new project with Guild that I'm working on for the Three Nerds page as well. Uh, got things going on here. I'm very excited. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this. And again, let me know what I can do better, what you like, what you don't like of the show, because at the end of the day, it is about you as well. So until next time, guys, I will see you then. Keep on keeping on, nerd out, and I'll I'll see you then. Goodbye.